22, I was arrogant and cocky as hell. I really was. I really was. Then I had a few life experiences where I got out of my shell musically as an artist. You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 74, The Brodozer of Bass, featuring Trip Wamsley. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Thank you for queuing up this episode of Find the Good News. Since our last episode, the systems and routines that most of us live by have been disrupted as cities, states, and countries take precautions to decrease the spread of COVID-19 or coronavirus. I'm going to assume that you are probably making necessary changes in your life and your home, just like the rest of us. And part of that might mean social distancing. I'm here to tell you that we may be distant physically, but you are never alone. In fact, that's one of the messages at the heart of Find the Good News. You do not have to be alone. We have communication tools that no human society has ever had before. I encourage each of you to use those tools for good. Reach out to someone, share your heart, send out video updates, connect through social apps. These tools do not have to be toxic. They can be used to make us better. I believe we can do that. I really do. In fact, that's what I'm here to do with this new episode of Find the Good News. I'm inviting you to sit with me at the right round table with local musician, the bass maestro, the mad master, Trip Wamsley. Trip brought an energy into the studio that I'd not experienced before, and I think you'll enjoy all the wild places we go. In this time of social distancing, I'll be bringing you conversations that will touch your heart, make you think, bring out your joy, and fill your throat with laughter. Coming up, I get to share my comforting conversation with Eugenie Tellis. After that, I have a brand new Beacon Series episode featuring philosophy and religion teacher Greg Soden, the producer and host of the Classical Ideas podcast. Some positive encouragement from Ashley Gott of Empire of the Seed, the maptastic multiplying mind of Travis Bolden, and the chuckster of chucklers, Mr. Chase Bonin of the late Charles comedy scene. I know it's tough out there, but good people keep showing up to share this table with you. Keep sending me your good news guest suggestions, and I'll keep having these intimate visits to share with you. Right now, it's time to take your mind off the virus woes and political foes. Shut off video streams and let your spirit vibe on positive daydreams. Get in a comfortable space, relax, and let a whimsical smile rest on your face. Now, press play on a little good news. When Trip Wamsley entered the studio with his bass guitar, I had a feeling our conversation was going to be a lot of fun. I had never met Trip before, but we were friends on Facebook, and based on his posts, I picked up that he was in tune with an unorthodox string theory. There was no doubt that I was in for a treat, and Mr. Trip Wamsley didn't disappoint. He sat down in front of the mic and said, What you got? And we dove in from there. His wit and responses flowed quickly from one topic to the next, just as fluidly as I'd seen his fingers float across his guitar. My questions were dim compared to his vibrant answers. Trip would come in sideways with exciting details and perspectives, which led us into territory that my humdrum questions would have never gone. It was a real trip, pun intended, to say the least. What I experienced in this visit with Trip Wamsley was an extremely talented individual that puts it all in when it comes to musical experimentation. He has a mind geared explicitly towards thinking about the wonder of everything. 
He described himself as a musical mad scientist, and I can think of no better description myself. What I loved most about Tripp was his authentic presentation. There was no pretension. What he presented was raw, uncut, and barely filtered. Trip is a truly rare piece of the universal creative principle that was lopped off and put right here in our community to observe and share the musical mysteries of the earth. This is my conversation with Trip Wamsley. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going. Cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance. In a holy wall of light Pouring through your window Old news, bad news, fake news Sometimes you just want to shut it all down And get no news at all With Find the Good News, I aim to change that By focusing on good people doing good work I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders Musicians, business owners, students, volunteers And everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources and talents To bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. Okay, uh, tell me when you're ready. I'm ready, man. Hey, I got my... Uh, yeah, yeah right. sounds good, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me snag my coffee. Sure. This is my water? That's your water, man. We don't use plastic jugs, so it's a refill. Okay, <laughs> Filtered right water, though, man. Filtered water. So you're water. eco. We try, man. We try. You know, it's uh, we've been dialing it in for the last year and a half or so, but... Uh, you know, right man, on. it's one of those things. Like the when you start, you start finding all these other little things. You're not. You got to get your arms around. You know, right? And you have all the squishy things for nervous Dude, people. For nervous people, we got squishy stuff. We got candies. You need some sour candies, man, to to really kick things off. We got the old toxic waste. I mean, you're ready. Okay. All right. Well, let's get cracking. What you got? All right, man. So this show. He's called Find the Good News. The whole purpose of this show is to try to retune social media in a more positive way. Okay, I'm Uh, all for that. There's a lot of negativity out there, and we thought, you know what? An easy way to do that is just start putting positive stuff out there and just look right here in our hometown for good people who are doing good works. Okay. It's a pretty big umbrella. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good umbrella. Yeah, man. And so most of the folks who've been on here were recommended by somebody else who was on the show. Okay. And so uh, over the holidays, Marcus Sawyer was in town we did a brian moore Mm -hmm. tribute episode yeah and a few days later he said man i know somebody you need to have on your show i was like who's that trip Uh oh so i said okay i've seen your i've seen you but i don't know you right right and so i said well hey let me go do my little cyber stalking and start digging around and i what i ran into was this incredible music Right? Yeah. And so I said, well, I'd like to hear the story, man. So if you don't mind, let's to kick things off. Uh, if you could just t- 
tell the audience who you are in your own words. I am a uh, musical uh, mad scientist. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I happen to, to focus on a primary instrument, which is the bass, but uh, the, the things I'm into uh, stretch way beyond uh, just bass. Um, so I mean I, I know that's kind of boring, but uh, that's not but, boring. But that's what it is, you know. It's just like I I I, I like music. I like uh, I like creating it. Yeah. The most uh, playing live is kind of like a uh, fun inconvenience. Uh, I have a home studio, and norm- normally I just deal with uh, um, you know mad scientist experiments in my lab. You know. Yeah. Uh, the, there was an article in uh, Lanyap about me and my lab, and I'd done a new record. Uh, it was it's called Shibboleth. It's on Spotify, iTunes, all the usual. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Right on. Yeah, all the usual suspects, and um, you know, it's uh, it's very bass centric, of course, you know, naturally, but it's got other other things as well, you know, um, uh, some uh, analog synth sequences, some microtonal stuff, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, but once I, but uh, but the fun part of making a record is the creative process. Once the record is out there, I'm kind of no longer interested in it anymore. Really? You know? Yeah. So you're done with it. You move on. Yeah, you know, because it's like you know, my my uh, my my blessing and my curse is like, uh, uh, you know, okay, I did that yesterday. We're today now. Ah, okay. okay what you got? What right you got? On. You know, because I just don't. I've never been that kind of person who wants to, you know, rest on what you did yesterday, you know, because I'm not, you know, unless you're like Chesty Puller or Audie Murphy, uh, you know, uh, what you did yesterday as an artist is not necessarily badass. You got to keep being badass mm-hmm. from day to day to day. Right. That way it, know? it shows it's not a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and that's what I'm kind of all about. Uh, you know, yesterday, yesterday's irrelevant, you know. Right on. Uh, That's true. It's like what you got to say. What do you have to say today? You know, and a lot of times, you know, I, you know, in, in between records and creative processes, I really just practice things, practice the presence of craft. So when the creative bug hits, I'm ready to go, uh, and I'm not struggling with, uh, 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 you know, limitations of technique or musical knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, y'all, absolutely, man. I can relate. I mean, I'm not a musician. I, I can, I can relate that to other things I've done in mm-hmm. my life. You, you may prepare your whole life, right? And really, like you said, hone your craft or whatever skill right. it is. But then when the day comes to utilize yeah. it you're ready you're not yeah you yeah. know and uh and i draw from everything i'm not i'm not good enough to be a straight ahead jazz player you know i'm you know as a rock player i i'm a really good improviser which is kind of kind of a oddity in in rock music but what happens there is that um you know, I can flow at a high rate of speed within those confines. Um, uh-huh. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of taking tangents. The coffee's kicking, man. Ah, uh, is, uh, is, is, is it strong? Yeah, I love it strong. <laughs> I love it strong. So what you're saying right there, you talked about, you said, what did you say about how that was an oddity in rock music? And ro- well, you know, it's like, it's like, I know there's supposed to be positive waves, but... No, uh, bring it on, man. But, um, but what I find in rock music today is a there's fantastic stuff being done 
but a lot of most of what the people are exposed to is very conservative to uh, me. Okay, very gotcha. conservative. You have more more people that are personalities and over the top personalities making uh, conservative music, and yeah. I find that I don't find that to be you know the spirit of rock and roll. Uh huh. I get yeah. you. It was we're living in sort of that. Well, and we have probably been moving towards that for a long time. The cult of personality, right? You know, you it's, know like, it's very Orwellian. You know. Yeah, yeah. Put put a package on it. You can. You can. Is an adjective describing a situation. Nice. Why is my? I love that though. To the welfare of a free and open society. <laughs> so serious, so, man. Okay. Hey, she explained exactly for those listeners out there that okay. don't know what Orwellian means. Okay. We just got. <laughs> I like that. Well, how Orwellian was that? Every, oh man, <laughs> that was borderline <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I put her in an English accent, you know, because it's uh, it's it did it, it. I find it a tad more diabolical, you know. <laughs> I get it. You know, it's like baddies in movies are always English. Oh you know? yeah, that's true. That's which true. Which I think is pretty funny. Uh, most of my English friends are not that way. They're not at all. baddies. They're you not know? the James Bond. They're not uh, baddies, but you know, they 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 tend to sound a, a bit more pompous. Uh, although, but that's just how they talk, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. I get what you're saying too. Mm-hmm. I, I think about that not just with rock music. I mean, just a lot of things where what we're being sold is just personality or just the trappings right. of this character right. that's been formed. Right. You know? Having that, having said that, I really like Sia. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. My son loves likes that too because, well, again, there you go. There's no um, personality. She sort of went against right. that by not, you know, showing herself. Which, in a way, I mean, does create a draw. But right. at the same time, you're not drawn to the glamour and the glitz and you know what she's wearing this week or right. You know what she believes, all that kind of. Oh stuff. yeah. That's that's just over the top. It's like I did like Ricky Gervais's uh, what, whatever that was. Oh yeah, the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. That was great. I mean, talk about uh, you know. Oh my gosh, he's probably got a uh, you know he's probably got a you know a bounty on his head. You oh, know, I know for that man. one. That was wonderful though. It's like he just uh, went sort of anarchist on him and just yeah, stripped it all you know? away. <laughs> and some of them were taking the Mickey, and some people weren't. You know, right? Oh, you like could going, see it in the audience, right? I mean, oh yeah! Like, oh my gosh! What is yeah? Tom doing? Hanks's facial expressions have now become a meme. You yes, know? and so, <laughs> and I always look at the look at it this way: when something starts becoming a meme, it's over. Mm. <laughs> it's just over, you know. Yeah, it's like you're a meme now. It's like all the Karen memes. Oh, for you know, sure. It's just like let me speak to the manager. It's pretty much over. It's circulating everywhere, you know. Yeah, a, and the cat, the cat meme with the uh, the ladies, you know. She was somebody on Real Housewives of oh, L.A. That's that's from, or man. Beverly been, Hills, and she no has idea. some kind of meltdown on the show. I went down uh, a wormhole. Talk so about you. <laughs> talk about cult of personality, and I would, I was bored and I was into it I was tucked well into a gin and tonic and I was just like going what the hell is up with that girl you know and a blah, 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 story behind meme crying lady and it, then it showed the meltdown video on, okay. on on YouTube and I was just like going oh my god you know she's one of those uh you know <clears throat> Botox you know yeah you know welcome to Silicon Valley you know it's kind of like wow I was like going 
okay, well, when you become a meme, it's kind of over. You yeah, know? I get you. That's it. But, you gotta, uh, it's like you've, you've got that bookmark yeah. in your life. It's uh, turn the page or, or, or stop right there. Yeah, right? but... But taking a 180 on the street here, you know, burn, doing a uh, doing a uh, verbal Rockford here. Um, <laughs> what I'm doing right now that's positive and creative um, is I'm working with some local musicians that <clears throat> play with other people that are incredibly talented. And I'm working on putting something out. Uh, I don't know what to call it yet. I'm working with uh, Jeremiah Szymanski right now, very oddball, uh, lovable guitar player. And I'm going to be working with a few other players around town. You know, getting like one to two songs out there, and we're going to put it on, put it out as a compilation. Nice. You know? Okay. And 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 through DistroKid, you know, all the monies can go to the uh, different performers. You know. Oh, okay. Now these days, you know, nobody's going to make a big bank, but it might, uh, but you know, might buy a sack of groceries and a tank of gas every once in a while. You know. Yeah, I get that. I and get then that. and then, <clears throat> depending upon the traction that that gets, which I think locally. Uh, it's going to really work out. I don't know what. Again, I don't know what to call it. But the but the thing is, a compilation record of local talent for people to access. You know, in other words, <clears throat> these are people that are backing other people up that that are phenomenal musicians. You know, and I'm 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 not taking a nickel for my own time. I'm doing this. You know, uh, <clears throat> now here it's it benefits me. It benefits me just as much them because I was just like on, man, you know, I wish somebody would have done that for me when uh, I was a young, yeah, young yeah. musician, you know, right, right. because <clears throat> what they're doing needs to be heard, you know, yeah. and, and some of these people are serious players and I do have people, uh, thankfully worldwide, you know, you know, that listen to my stuff. And, and so I'm going to put it out, you know. You're be able to get people and put uh, ears on people yeah. that maybe wouldn't get that otherwise because you, know, you you have some. And if it gets right. enough traction, you know, we could do a we could do a live show, a kind of a round robin sort of thing, you know, where where everybody gets up there and does nice does their things with you know house musicians and things like that. And and the thing is, it's it's exclusively local. I mean, you know, people that live in the lake area. Right. You know, and uh, that means, you know, I just call that people that live in Calcasieu Parish. You gotcha. Know? And yeah. That's, and that's what I want to do. And uh, so I'm getting close to finishing up uh, Jeremiah stuff. Then we're going to drag in a drum element uh, to play some drums. And then I'm hopefully going to be working. Who who was my list with uh, Taylor Lee, the bass player for the. Uh, <laughs> we're going to digress into the world of Taylor's. Uh, <laughs> I want to do something with Taylor Lee and Taylor Morgan and possibly a drummer named Taylor Teague. So there's going to be three Taylors. Man, three you know. Taylors. Oh, uh, yeah, the three Taylors. Um, and. Uh, and uh, that's really about it at the moment. So, so it's like two, four, six, eight, and I may do a, a track on there myself. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. That's actually really awesome that you're doing that. Can we jump back for a second? Because I'm now, absolutely now, now I'm curious. Absolutely, because uh, uh, you got to watch out for me. Uh, you know, because I, I, like Mike Watt, uh, the Miniman, I, I, I'll just I'll start to spiel, and I'll just <laughs> and it just stream of gonna, consciousness. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. 
right? Yeah, yeah, I do it too. It's almost like uh, you know a James Joyce. But I wrote it on a train once, choo 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 for five paragraphs. You know. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know? I do. I do that all the time, and then I go, "How did I get here?" Yeah, right. Yeah, my whole life is the talking heads. When the days go by, water running. <laughs> you know? How did I get here? You know? Well, speaking of how did you get here, you said that early a minute I, ago. I walked to the door. Ah, easy <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, hey, where'd you come from, man? To, 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 right outside to the door <laughs> so you you said that uh you wish somebody had done that for you when you were first starting out can we go back to that when do you consider your origin point with with music well uh, uh i'll land that play pretty quickly generations of musicians on my uh mom's side my dad's side you know you pretty much popped out of the oven and they stuck something in your hands or, oh <laughs> you know because uh, my grandfather was the band director at mississippi state from 1928 to 1954 my father was a band director my mom was a chorus teacher and singer uh, my grandmother played the uh, piano my great-grandmother played the piano and guitar and going back to my grandfather, my grandfather played the cornet, string bass, cello, oh wow, snare drum, and trombone. And I'm probably leaving something out. He also wrote the uh, music for the Mississippi State alma mater. Really? Yeah. So that's cool. That's a nice feather. In so and my sister played uh, clarinet and percussion in the uh, high school band. My sister also plays piano. Oh, man and uh yeah so so how many how many siblings do you have i just have a sister she lives in houston got uh i got uh two nephews one senior in high school the other uh, uh the other uh the niece and uh older nephew they're in college musically inclined no really they did not get bitten by the bug there you go you know uh, my son's 16 he plays in the sulfur band but he's not really smitten by the music bug and my son's 16 he's in color guard so he's with the marching band a lot okay so he's in color guard yeah sulfur, sulfur high yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah they right. probably know each other yeah probably so xander's in the pit he's on the sidelines playing all the uh percussion like the jembes oh okay well i've and, probably seen him but i didn't Shaker, know it was your son. yeah 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 well yeah, that's cool yeah he's kind of like a kind of got a little fro going and yeah, he rocks out. <laughs> yeah, because during marching season, you know, the band and color guard are kind of uh, in that symbiosis together. But then right. now in the winter, you know, it's like they're off doing their own things. Right. Yeah, Xander's in concert band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. So your son's got the bug, too. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He's not He's not smitten. He's dedicated, but not upset. Uh, upset, obsessed. Dedicated, but not obsessed, you know. So, okay, so I get it. You're, you pop out of the oven. Yeah. You got all this uh, history behind you, this DNA. Yeah. But when, when do you start to narrow in, you know, like on bass, right? Well, I started playing saxophone at a young age, and uh, oh. that didn't take. Um then uh when i was 14 i heard a uh, uh i got a reasonably decent stereo and i could hear bass for the first time huh and i played silly love songs and the bass just uh, by paul mccartney yeah the bass just jumped out of the speakers and bit me on the ass and i was just <laughs> like that's what i want to do yeah and then i uh, my dad had a bass and an amp at the school he taught at that wasn't being used and he brought it home and i plugged in the amp and just went boom and everything (laughs) in the house kind of shook and i just went okay this is what i want to do (laughs) 
and then I had uh, I had some great teachers, you know, that taught me the right way to play from the get go, and uh, they, you know, I'm grateful for that. You know, my dad had a good friend that played bass, and uh, oh, that that was that probably nice to have that yeah, kind of connection. Yeah, and I, you know, I do, and I still use the fundamentals that Jerry Bouton taught me to this day. Yeah. And uh, it is it has served me uh, very well, very well. And that's a blessing when you're, especially when you're young, whatever it may be, to have well, my, somebody that does that for you. Yeah, my dad, my dad just knew, uh, you know, better do it right from the get go. Although my dad, my dad was a trumpet player, so it's like the realms of amplifiers and chords and having to change strings and uh, and sound effect pedals mm. and stuff that was not in his realm of understanding you know because yeah. it's just like well, why do you need money for bass strings you know i don't wear out a trumpet mouthpiece you know and uh, uh, so that was a yeah. little out of his scope and so he'd call jerry and go jerry trips having to change the strings all the time oh ed that's normal oh my gosh really <laughs> yeah it was it was so funny like you know uh, for the first like three or four years i was playing that's like my dad's always on the phone with jerry jerry mouton going jerry uh you know uh, what's up what's up <laughs> you know uh trip wants this kind of guitar what do you think of that oh ed, <laughs> that's awesome though man that he yeah. had a relationship with somebody yeah yeah, you know, and so so it's like, uh, yeah, Jerry Mouton passed away a few years ago. Oh, really? To, yeah, you know, yeah. He taught. He also taught uh, Jay Ecker as well. Oh, really? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody who was uh, anybody around here, you know, base base wise, you know, uh, years ago, especially in the seventies and the eighties, Jerry Mouton ta- taught them all. Well, that's really cool. Taught legacy, them man. all, man. You know, and and he was uh, he was a real deal. He was a, he was a card carrying badass. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that, man. I love stories like that. I know it's about the stories. This show's about you today, but I love that detail because well, everybody comes from somewhere. Yeah, that's right. I love that collectiveness of that. You know, you where this person's from, life. Are you come from somewhere? You know, it's like you know, um, no man is an island. Um, right. Even if you want to be, you know, you're still a, uh, for lack of a better term, a gestalt. A product of uh, of the environment and, up- yeah. and upbringing, you know, the lake area is a very interesting place, and in that it kind of breeds two types of people: people that either toe the line and and, and they do their thing, and that's cool, uh, or it breeds people, you know, like just like Brian Moore was. It kind of breeds a rugged individualist, mm. you know, uh, because you just kind of. It's it's totally fascinating, you know. I've I, I, I found that, you know, you, you know, if you even think about it in, you know, terms of like, okay, say New, New York City in the '70s or something like that. Okay, you got the punk movement. You got everything happening with CBGBs bands like uh, like Suicide and the Dead Boys and uh, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks and Sonic Youth and people like that. 
you know, uh, television and uh, the early days of Blondie, you know, it's like that was just a small circle in a city full of millions of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got millions of people towing the line in New York City, but you still had this enclave of rugged individualists. Yeah, you know? okay. And, and, the, and the thing is, you know, every place is different, but every place is also the same. I see what you're you saying. Know? Sort of the same processes are occurring, the same yeah. connections and synapses are firing and people yeah. are pairing up and then moving on and, and, right. and building, but they're just different people. Right, yeah? right. You know, Different rugged individuals. And so the rugged individualists here are still going to be a small enclave you know, with people that are just you know, living their lives and going about their day, you yeah. know, uh, being, being, being soccer moms, Kyles and Karens and, you know, driving bro-dozers and uh, things like that, you know, and and hey, you know, having a bro dozer is great. It's awesome, you know. It's like I I tried to make fun of them for a while, and all of a sudden, I, I just realized I said, you know what? If the chips are down, some of us might be counting on that uh, the, that guy to pull us out of the water. God, that's water, funny you that know? you say that. I've never heard that term before. What bro dozer? Bro dozer? No. Oh. <laughs> my son, my son loves cars, and he was listening to this podcast to this guy who reviews weird cars and this guy uses a weird voice sometimes <laughs> and he's like just going well you know all these Kyles and their bro dozers and Karen in a gash wagon <laughs> I just went bro dozer and I just oh that's up. sticky man it and gets I in just, your head and I just uh, yeah right and I just just about I spat out my coffee I was we were driving together and he, he pipes that into the car God, I cracked up and I just thought that is so good. Bro dozer. God, now I'm just going, what the, I mean, God, my truck might even be that category because Uh, I kept getting bigger and bigger and I got bigger tires because I didn't want to get stuck. I got stuck twice and said, next vehicle I buy, I'm not getting stuck. Some of my best friends drive bro bro dozers. That's a good word, man. I love that. I wish I'd made it up. Nice bro dozer, Josh. (laughs) All right, man. You know, God, I think I'm just going to call my truck that from right. now on just for fun That's yeah there you go cool got a cool ring i got a nice bro dozer <laughs> yeah i got a bro dozer i had to get one because my neighbor got one my neighbor's weird he reminds me of my friend who died you know? uh, <laughs> right. what is the name of that show uh i do, oh it's a podcast or is it like a youtube channel or something it's a youtube thing what is it called I'll think of it in a, day, in, in a minute, you know. Anyway. Uh, well, hey, since we're talking about YouTube, let's talk about YouTube and you. Oh, yeah. that I haven't posted anything new for years because I haven't had anything new to say. I kept writing the same damn song. Really? Over and over. And it was just like, it, it, as an instrumentalist, you know, not everybody could be ACDC, you know. <laughs> ACDC's written the same song since 1974, <laughs> you know. And they're awesome at it. I love it, you know. Now, there's some band, I can't remember, they're like the, an analog of ACDC, and I can't think of their name. Somebody's like, oh, you'd, you'd love them. And I was like, they sound exactly like ACDC they're playing the same song yeah I can't think know. of their name though it's like something did you ever see that uh, thing about uh, 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 Mike Patton uh, Mike Patton was on uh, some kind of at some kind of festival and they were interviewing him and then Wolf Mother cranks up in the distance and he goes and he goes what is this this is this is absolute shit who is that is that Wolf Mother 
what what year is this you know <laughs> and i laughed so hard no sound came out you know oh man i was dude. like what year is this you know but a lot of people like wolf mother hey great you know oh, i was i i was on that train for a little while you know? i really did because i'll tell you what happened for me I at never... least they're playing guitars yeah, that's true. They're playing guitars and they're singing the songs, you know. Well, I was actually at years ago, I was at uh, Luna. Right. One evening listening to live music and I was like, man, I like this band. And my buddy behind me, it was uh, Mothership, I think was the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. A local okay. band. I've heard of them. And my buddy said, oh, well, if you like this, you'll like Wolf Mother. I was like, why? He said, well, they're just pretty much just playing like Wolf Mother. He said, even some of their lyrics. I mean, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus or anything, but he was kind of just, he's saying that kind of stuff. Well, "Well, I don't know anything about Wolf Mother. So I went back and listened to them. So for a couple of years there, I was like. I like the Black Keys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like the Black Keys. You know, they're, uh, they're just like a bunch of. They're just they're just some fat sounded lo fi filth, man. I like it. You yeah. Know? No, I'm with you. I mean, dude, you they really blew up too. I mean, yeah. everybody and their brothers covering something. You know, especially well, like young young bands and things. Well, like that. Well, what I like about it is that uh, it's it doesn't sound homogenized, sanitized for your protection. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's you know. And a lot of, uh, you know, modern production is like, you know, kind of, there's not a hair out of place. Yeah, it's tweaked in studio to you perfection. Know? Yeah, I and, and, and And I get it. That's the sound that sells records, you know. Okay, more power to you. But I tend to gravitate towards things, you know, where I can hear an amplifier, you know, flying apart in the background, you know. Yeah. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm helping. Sorry for interrupting the conversation, but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur Today. Here's how it works. Post your Sulphur event, service, photos, videos, or information using the hashtag SulphurToday. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag, that's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is, and the words SulphurToday with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best Sulphur has to offer through the Sulphur Today social media pages. As the Sulphur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulphur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulphur Today sign when you're out and about and be ready we may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op and don't forget to stop by the parker brand creative services studio in sulfur to grab a sulfur today decal for your vehicle or business 
We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news. It's funny, man, because I, and maybe not even just with music necessarily, but I tend to gravitate toward things with cracks and scratches in it. Like, I like vinyl. Vinyl. I I like old VHS tapes. I like even. Okay, that's a little weird. I do. I like something (laughs) about the tracking. Like, when the tracking goes through it, I go, well, this is a. I think what's happened, I told a buddy of mine this, and I said, you know, I think what's happened is. I've attached those sounds to good times in my life or those things. So when I see tracking, it reminds me of a time and that time was good. And so it's not that I love the the messiness of it, but I love the memory it stimulates. Well, I like the way vinyl sounds, number one. And and what I miss, what I like is the tactile process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Manually, it's like, you know, cooking something on a timer. Oh, it ran out. I need to tur- turn the record over. Yeah. And then you have the big cover art and you can read it. Yeah. You know? I'm with you. There's something I like primal things that and are it, a little more. And it smells good. You know, I remember, mm-hmm. you know, it was, uh, you know, and this is, this is maybe an old grumpy guy talking, but, um, what it was was basically a sacred process, you know, although that's a strong word, but, I would ride my bike to the record store and I would plunk down my money and I would buy this record. And we didn't have access to YouTubes and internets and right. things like that. The internets. And uh, and so you, you were stuck with that record and you wore it out. And sometimes you would not like the record that you bought. But you invested this money, you invested this time, your allowance, your job, whatever it is, to buy this record, and you kept playing it, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you got turned on to something new. You could change your mind over the process of time. These days, you can go, I don't like that. Yep, that's right. Next, I don't like that. Love that you're talking about this. I don't like that. Love it. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. I find things on Spotify that I don't let necessarily like, and I'll listen to it over and over and yeah. over. Force I yourself to kind of sink into yeah. that. Yeah. I know what you mean, because I've had these conversations with a bunch of people about different things, but mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was cassettes. We grew up, you know. They're coming back. Yeah. But it was like you said, you had side one and side two. And I can remember going, well, I don't love every song, but after you'd listen to them, because you couldn't really, I mean, later there was that technology where you could kind of fast forward quickly. Yeah. Search. Yeah. Search. search, Right. And you hear the tape go. (laughs) 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 I was looking for the gaps. You know, but you know, you had to just sort of live with it. And then what would happen is those songs would grow on you. I went and saw uh, Sticks, and they, 
what I loved about it, I guess, where they're at now in their history and career was that they, they can kind of do whatever they want, you know, because they're legends, right? Right. So between each song, they would give these little histories or philosophies behind this album it came from. Mm-hmm. And one of them said that, he said, you know, used to, we didn't just write songs, we wrote albums. It was designed yes. to be listened to as one thing, yeah. you know, don't cheat yourself out of, maybe this was the hit. But don't cheat yourself out of this whole album experience. Right. And I really liked that, and I'd never really even considered it. To well, be uh, these days everything's a single experience. Yeah, you know, song uh, of the summer type stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, but hearkening back to songs of the summer, my wife turned me on to this song. She goes, "Well, you'll like this," and it was uh, "Anna Sun" by a band called Walk the Moon. Mm. And it turned me on because the production was very slick, but at the same time, the singer, you could tell, I know a little bit about production enough to be dangerous. Um, I could tell the singer double and triple tracked his vocal on the chorus, but some of the background vocals, he's not in time and he's not even in tune. It just sounds like, you know, his throat's bleeding of, Son, you know, uh, maybe, uh, but it just—it was just something that just made me happy. Yeah, that there was, was that roughness like, in there. Yeah, yeah I got to the left. It. Yeah, it was—it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I could play a snippet uh, if it'll even come on the mic. You know, something things that turn me on, man. <laughs> Because usually, usually these days, a, a vocal production on a record is so slick. And I love those anomalies that happen, you know. And I, I was just like, going, oh, yeah, human beings, you know. Well, how's that? I mean, so we were talking about YouTube. And do you ever put post something like that on YouTube where you see it and you go, oh, man, this thing sort of leaked through this rawness, this... Uh... Man, uh, not really. Uh, other people have said I should do a YouTube channel talking about music and talking about things like that and then I get geared up to do it and then I sit down and I just go what am I even gonna talk about you know because it's like am I you know I get I get a little bit disturbed by that not by uh you know not by uh you you know people that are gonna hate it or anything like that and and uh cast aspersions um, <laughs> my way I don't I don't care you know yeah. I you know in art you know I'm, I'll get back to YouTube in a second in art I look at it you know it's like people go oh I love this yeah or, or they go I hate this so bad <laughs> I hate this 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 uh, trips music makes me hate God I hate everything about it I'm like oh cool you know, or I loved it so much. If anybody goes, oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know, that's the worst. That's the worst. You know, but you but you also have to be prepared for that. You know. Yeah. No. For sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, but getting back to YouTube. Yeah, I want to get back to posting uh, uh, some things. But you know, uh, uh, sometimes I go live on Facebook. Uh, maybe the, some of it's still on my uh, page in there. Um, but. You know, but generally I just wind up goofing off. You know, <laughs> well, maybe. generally I just wind up goofing off, you know, and I'll be, uh, you know, talking about something, and then all of a sudden I'll, I'll belch in the middle of it, and you know, or I, uh, 
where I start doing imitations of people. I've seen the top of the mountain, and it is good, Beavis. You know, I mean, yeah. and, I st- and I start to do things like that, and then it's got nothing to do with music, and everybody, you know. Mm. Well, there you go. Then again, though, there's those people that are attracted. They're probably going to be attracted to your persona, you know. Well, you know, and and it's like you know, a lot of people, you know, it's like Rick Beato's page about music. It's totally brilliant, and I'm totally not that, you know. But yeah, of course, I'd be myself. Adam Neely, I uh, follow him too on YouTube, you know. But it's, as far as learning concrete things about music you know those two guys are amazing you know uh, rick beato doing his uh dissertation on uh you know uh olivier messian's mode of modes of limited transposition my gosh i got uh, i got through the uh, first two and i was like going oh my goodness this is a lifetime of work and just two things. Yeah. You know, I'm not that guy. I'm the, you know, I'm more the guy who can, uh, you know, I guess my my skill would be I can kind of Barney things down to where you can understand it. Okay. You know, to where it's not in this massive uh, intellectual cerebral process. Right, know? right, right. I got you. You know, I'd be, uh, I'd also be more philosophical. You know, it's like... Uh, about twenty something years ago, there was this uh, great thing on A and E back when it was A and E, and it was actually arts and entertainment. Uh-huh. Um, it was Yoga Yoga Ma month at Tanglewood. Tanglewood is a conservatory for young orchestral musicians. Okay, and it's up on the East Coast somewhere. Um, and uh, you know, and anyway, it culminated with the uh, with them playing the uh, cello concerto by uh, Nolly Gruber. Uh, which is a uh, atonal work, um, but anyway, Yo-Yo Ma said you got to get the uh, get to the deepest core of why you play. You know, I would dive into you know, why do you play? Why hmm. do you play? You know, you you scratch the surface, you scratch you scratch the surface, then you go because it's fun, and it is. You know, but you know. I play it's, a, it's almost like a Sufi thing you know I, mm. I have to play I want to play at such a high level and a high level of energy that I'm almost flailing my way to God love that yeah I knew you know? exactly where you were headed with that man and so and so it becomes this uh, a stream of consciousness and and and, and I always talk you know well you know when you play what are you thinking I'm thinking about the maximization of flow Mm. Of just, I just want to flow. Yeah, you just drop into it. I want to flow, you know, and that's it. You know, it's a straight line, one linear train of thought, you mm-hmm. know, and then and then it, and then it gets a get gets a bit odd, but you, you know because uh, sometimes you're working with musicians that can't keep up with it. You know, yeah, and uh, and normally what normally when I play with other humans, I'm uh, you know I serve the I serve the room, okay, and I do you know uh, you have I'm, an awareness of who you're yeah, playing with, yeah, yeah, you know, and and sometimes it's like it, 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 sometimes musicians tend to be you know very conservative, and so it's so it's like you just kind of try, try to read the room and just mm-hmm. you know. Do your thing and get, uh, do your thing and enjoy yourself. Hopefully, and uh, and and get out. Other times, you just you just rip it. You, you know? sink right in. Yeah, I got some guys I work with. I play with in Nashville. It's a group called the Power Triplets, and uh, we've done some records. Uh, look it up on Spotify. The Power Triplets. Uh, we got 
<clears throat> three records out, and it's a, uh, believe it or not, it's with the drummer for Tracy Lawrence. Okay. And the guitar player, his day gig gig is he plays with uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. Okay. And we get together and play a bunch of how to, how come you don't have a singer instrumental uh, rock music, you know. Uh, it's, it can be described as progressive, you know, things like that. But uh, it falls into the category of, you know, the Guthrie Govan kind of stuff and uh, things like that. Uh, guitar player writes, the, writes most of the material, you know, thank goodness. Uh, so you... So it's interesting. I mean, it helped me learn, and for people who don't know, you learn this about you. The person who recommended you, Marcus, he used the words "world renowned." Huh? He used the words "world renowned." I I don't know about that. But you you seem to have you seem to have connections and have played with people all over the world. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, I have. You know, but world renowned. He does. <laughs> you know, compared to like Jaco Pastorius, Getty Lee, and Les Claypool. And uh, Jeff Berlin and, uh, you know, Lawrence Cottle, people like that. Uh, no, I'm not world-renowned, you know. You know, I got a day gig, you know. I, I kind of, you know, I kind of haven't, I, to be honest, I haven't done a solo bass show since 2014. I just yeah. haven't, I just haven't been interested in it because, again, I started writing the same song over and over and over. And what happened with that is, like, I realized that I didn't know anymore. What do you mean? I was I was at the limits of of my technique at the time. I was at the uh, limits of my harmonic knowledge. I see. And I was just writing pretty songs, and but inside I wasn't feeling very pretty, you know. I see. I wasn't feeling very pretty at all, and I just wanted to make some acro stuff. And uh, <laughs> so, so I did. On uh, you know, Shibboleth is most mostly an ensemble thing, and it's got some angular, ug- ugly stuff in there, and it's uh, it's got it's got some power of the rock, and it uh, would enable me to do some experiments uh, with microtonal synths, and it, it enabled me to uh, you know do things where songs, the title track maximizes flow and that the bass line even though the track's in four it's in four four the whole time everything rolls over the bar so the downbeat's always shifting okay you know and my old drummer kevin radomsky played the played the drum track on that because i knew that he was going to understand it Mm, okay and i didn't have to tell him what to play he was just going to know Mm -hmm. you know and uh, that's 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 something you know. It's like a lot of musicians, you know. It's like the people that you get along with musically the best. They just know. That's what I was going to ask you. They actually, just, they just know. You don't have to talk about it. If you're having to talk about the arrangement and having an endless debate on whether it should be F natural on the bass, and uh, you know. C on the organ, you know, it, it's absurd. You know, it's absurd. Do no. you have like this sort of uh, SEAL Team Six of musicians in your mind that you're like, okay, always do. Yeah, always do. Yeah, I got uh, you know, I got Alpha, I got Alpha Team, I got Bravo Team, <laughs> I got Charlie Team, I got uh, 
I got a uh, you know Delta. I got, I've got Echo. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and then they're all probably for different purposes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, can, you know, they, yeah. they let sync you know? up with you. Yeah. Or you sync up with them, maybe. Yep. Yeah. That too. You know, it's like I, you know, I, I I'm on somebody's short list. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which is good, you know. Now sometimes, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, I don't do. Uh, I quit playing. Uh, local local gigs you know they were dealing with people that hadn't really progressed since 1979 or something like that i uh, i had to i had to do that because you know they needed somebody to play bass they didn't need me and uh, and as i was getting older i just wanted to uh, you need a bass player or do you need me there's that's uh, it's completely it's, I see what it's you a completely mean. different thing you know I get that man I mean in an, even with other things that have nothing to do with music it's like I mean yeah. even graphic design right I mean, that's what we do and there, we've been yeah. doing it long enough to where there's certain things you just do out of instinct you're just good at those things right and you realize sometimes right. with a with a new client it's like mm-hmm. do you really you might not need what we offer, even though on paper it's graphic design, graphic yeah. design, graphic design. As you mm-hmm. go down the list of folks, you might not need us. You know what I mean? Right. You right. might just need somebody to do this thing, and it's not. You don't need to hire us to do that. Yeah. It's correct. Not where correct, we're at. Anymore. Correct. Yeah. Now that sounds arrogant. I don't mean it that way. It probably comes no, it's out. Not but you know what I mean? It just. It it, it's not arrogant, you know. I don't think that that's you know falls under arrogance at all. Uh, it's only arrogant if the other people perceive that. Mm, okay. Arrogant arrogance can be perception. Mm. You know. Now, now when I was twenty two, I was arrogant and cocky as hell. <laughs> I really was. I really was. But uh, then I uh, then I had uh, then I had a few life experiences uh, where I got out of my shell musically as an artist, and I got to see who was actually out there when I went to the National Guitar Summer Workshop. It's just that that was it. And I would sit there. I would sit there. You know, at age twenty-three, and there's thirteen-year-old uh, kids. You know, they're playing stuff on bass that was just beyond you, mm. completely beyond you. And I was just like, I, I wasn't doing that when I was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. And you're just probably going, "What are they going to be if they continue on this trajectory?" Uh huh. Yeah. Some of them I've uh, some of them I've stayed in touch with, and they're phenomenal players. Really, to this day. Uh, so is that? I mean, I know it's. I know you, that's skill. So I but. so I came home. So, uh, so I came home. So I came home with my tail between my legs. You know, <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. And you know, my dad laughed at it. He just goes, "Got your ass kicked," and I said, "Yes, sir. I sure did." He goes, "He goes, it's good for you." You know, I like the soft, subtle way oh, yeah. that you portray that. Well, that's that's what my dad was. Oh, that's you know, great, that's why my dad was. You know, that's it's great. like I remember. I remember when I was fifteen or sixteen. You know, one of this, and it didn't come true until he was uh, until I was twenty three, and I went to the workshop. You know, I, I, I man, I was, I was, uh, man, I had my butt all stuck out like peacock and everything like that. And I mentioned to my dad that I was on my way to being the best bass player in Lake Charles. 
and he popped a gasket. He just goes, what the hell does that even mean? It's a dot on a map. What the hell? He goes, when I was in the Navy band, there was some guys that never even went outside their neighborhood in Brooklyn. Didn't see even the whole borough of Brooklyn beyond four or five blocks. He said, that ain't, that it, it, you know, he goes, ever been to France and learned a French sense of harmony with the uh, influx of African immigration and blah, 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 due to the colonization and everything of Africa. And, I'm, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, the grumpy old fart's blowing my mind. <laughs> right. He's expanding the world, view, you know, right? It's <laughs> and he just said, he just said, you know, you can't be like people that go from one end of their neighborhood or one end of Cowtown to another and they and that is the known mm. because it isn't the known that's actually really great advice from a parent right right but you know but again terrifying probably at first oh, yeah right? well you know uh, well old school military background you know yeah, yeah. you know and anyway you know it, you know the movie uh, 1917 yeah, you yeah. know I, I think centers around the battle of Sam Hill mm-hmm. my grandfather was there <laughs> you know? he was in artillery he he was artillery you know lobbing shells at the at the huns um and then playing cornet or whatever he did at night in the band. And I'm happy, I know it, I'm I hate to pause the program, but I want to ask you something. Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, It's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world, even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from too. That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it too. If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters and get access to the B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. Each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. That's patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Now, back to the episode. You know, so the dad, so my dad just gave me a roasting about it, you know, but I, knowing me, I probably went to my room in a huff, you know, just saying, you know, he's blowing my mind, but at the same time, I had no idea what he's talking about. And, you know, when I got my ass kicked when I was 23, you know, I understood. Then it all makes sense. It yeah. all gelled. And I was just like, going, I got to practice. I got to practice, man. And the, the, even though now due to the, uh, you know, 
modern world, but National Guitar Summer Workshop doesn't exist. But it was just, if I could have lived there for two years, I'd been happy because people wore their wore their guitars and their basses like clothes mm. and they would sit there at the table with their instruments strapped on take a bite of food drink 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 you know and, <laughs> and do their thing take a bite of food burp you know yeah and it was just like that it was an, an extension of their their body sun up to sundown and you know and it's like if you sat in the little dorm lobby and watched tv it you were viewed as like a, a a pariah you know ah, it's just like going, more com- devoted dude 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 come jam come jam uh other uh oh, oh we're down the hall we're down the hall watch saturday night live what the hell for you know yeah you know uh, call your mom have the vcr it you know i mean come on you know dude you know i love what you said a second ago how you came home from that experience and you thought man i gotta practice i gotta yeah. practice i gotta practice i wonder how what percentage of people have hit that point in their life whatever it is they're doing or they get to that stage where they really do see wow i have a long way to go right and they come home but they don't say gotta practice gotta practice right. they give up well i'm 52 now and what bums me out you know getting older doesn't bum me out um you know uh that's just a fact of life but what bums me out is I'm never going to see it all. I'm never going to hear it all. I'm never going to smell it all. I'm never going to taste it all. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to live long enough. I hear you. To experience everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't like that, you know. So you got a little bit of a, a mortality uh, oh, yeah. thing you going know? on there. Not, And it's not about your own age. It's about the fact that you'd like to be able to taste and hear. And right. Interesting. Well, okay. that's a, well, that's the reason I want to do this uh, compilation thing with local artists. And, you know, and the thing is, it's uh, it's it's kind of gatekeeping. You know, these people are backing up people that, 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 that do regular entertainment, you know. Know, music for your dancing dining pleasure you know which is awesome which is valuable mm-hmm. it's very valuable but at the same time they have some things inside of them that reflect their talent that hey there goes one there you are and um, <laughs> um that won't necessarily be featured or understood by these audiences although understanding of music I think that everybody has the same. I think it's just the way you were brought up. Yeah, I got you. Well, we we like what we like. I mean, too. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, everyone's going to have different. Well, I like being turned on to new things. You know that. uh, You know. You know. Sometimes I've discovered the greatest art, the greatest music. You know, like a bad romance novel. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, I love you. Mm. You know, and then you get slapped around enough, you know, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you got to know you got a new romance, you know. What's I, something that like really stands out for you, man, in your history that uh, at first when you heard it, you're like, this is I, I just not enjoying this. But then it just grew on you. And you're like, man, I was a I'm a believer. Uh, Hans Reichel's doxophone pieces, uh, microtonal string quartets, uh, Arnold Schoenberg's piano pieces. Oh, wow. So and, you have a uh, bunch of things you've been oh, yeah. turning into a believer. Uh, 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 let's see. Good grief. Um, uh, what, am, what else am I trying to think? Uh, Webern, uh, Debussy, some of Debussy's music I didn't like. Now I just love it. 
except for Peleus and Melisande. My mother and I argue about that. She's just like, she's just like, well, that baritone, that baritone, it just carries the whole opera. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what gets on my nerves is the baritone singer. It's not musical. And she goes, well, you're not listening hard enough. That's good. You know, and, you know, and, and things like that. And, uh, and what I, uh, you know, you know, I didn't like a lot of atonal music. And now, now I love it. You really? Know? Now, you, you know, I'm just like going, are we going to at least listen to something done within the, you know, you know, uh, 21st century? You know, it's like, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it's like uh, the pianist uh, Glenn Gould. Uh, I think the only thing he ever wrote um, was a string quartet. And it was it's beautiful and uh it's very angular it's very uh it's very uncomfortable yeah you know i tried writing a string quartet one time and then i because I, I thought oh this will be cake it ain't cake it was the hardest thing i ever tried to do i got eight good bars really i, I got eight good bars after a week of slaving away eight good bars and i was just like going anybody can write a string quartet uh, ear rocking. You know, when you get into microtonal music, um, which I'm way into, uh, instead of, uh, uh, I probably, maybe, uh, here's a zipper sound. Ah, this is what I was waiting for, man. And no, that's not my pants. Uh, <laughs> all right. So get, get your minds out of the gutter. You know, but what, but normally when you, this is a fretless bass, but, uh, but normally when you listen to modern music, that's the G string. What we listen to is 12 equal divisions. And we divide our music up into that. But microtonal music will be this. Let me count. I did about 25 notes per octave right there. Okay. So it's the notes between the notes. And, uh-huh. and, 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 and what microtonal music, now Leonard Bernstein in the Norton Lectures says, tonality is innate in us. Uh, for instance, they just dug up a uh, bone flute that's supposedly 40,000 years old and is tuned to a pentatonic scale. Pentatonic scale is this. Huh. Got one, two, three, four, five notes. Then you hit the octave and it recycles itself. That's two octave minor pentatonic scale, but this flu is tuned like this. Maybe. So you got that, the different combinations of the notes. know so and then if you take so what do you have (laughs) 
Then you have the pentatonic scale there. So some uh, some hoser was playing the blues uh, basically 40,000 years ago. <laughs> wow. Man. But, you know, so... Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but with the fretless bass, you can also... And that's what speaks to my heart the most. But you uh, basically have this. Say so you take a third. Then on a normal fretted instrument, the third is actually out of tune to be able to play in all 12 keys in tune. The okay. tempered scale that we use. So the third's going to sound like that on the guitar. You can hear it slightly out of whack. On a fretless bass, I can do this. That third is 100% in tune. So, again, if you play A, say you tune the fifth. So, playing a D major seven, that's the way it normally sounds, with the third slightly out of tune. On this on the fretless bass, I can do this. I've got the third perfectly in tune now. Interesting. But you'll listen to that third that is perfectly in tune. The chord sounds actually out of tune to your ear. But it yeah. isn't. It's perfectly in tune. Now to play it out of tune, which the way we hear it sounds more in tune, but it's actually not. That is. Interesting, man. So what perfectly in tune sounds out of tune to our ears. Yeah, that's wild. I'll say I wish people... Because we've been conditioned... Uh, to that over several hundred years. You know, when Bach wrote the uh, well-tempered clavier, it's basically just an advertisement to a new system of tuning. You know, before that, they didn't do that. They didn't do that because if you listen to a harmonic resonance of a string, the harm just an open string, it's completely out of tune. That's out of tune. Well, your fingers just dance across the instrument, man. I've did. I've just been doing it, doing it a long time. Yeah, well, I was so, watching you online. That was what I was fascinated with. Was I love the sound, but just the watching you with the instrument. I'm also a frustrated drummer. <laughs> That's my heavy metal drum solo. Because they would, they would always do that lick. <laughs> then they would do the hoodla hoodlas, you know. Yeah. I was like, I want to be able to do that, you know. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, when I was looking at different videos of you play. And I was like, wow, look, at he, he just like you said, he's drumming with the bass. Well, yeah, you can get... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they are at the... That's a little... Uh... But yeah, I'm Bud B. Let's see. Yeah, I 
you know, just a little odd blues riff. There. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, so, a, I could sit and watch that all day and listen to it. It's, it's, it's both, you know? Oh, God help you. <laughs> no, no, I, just, I, lo- I love watching. You said that getting right. into the flow. I, I could see that yeah. clearly that you sink into that whenever well, yeah. you're playing. I mean, you know, even if you're, you know, take a take a regular blues lick, you know, but if you, uh, you can you you can kind of add things, but uh, it also also depends on who you're playing with, because you can sidestep it. Instead of doing that. A lot of jazz musicians do that. Awesome man. Then you get some, yeah, you know. So, so that kind of uh, kind of sounds slick, you know. But if I'm a rock musician, they'll be like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know. If I'm a jazz musician, they'll be like, uh, oh, "I get what you're doing, but uh, here's how to do it better," you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's good, man. You know, so, uh, but uh, but anyway, yeah, you know. So so that's you know microtonal music. Initially, I didn't like it. I got turned on to it by uh, researching a composer named Lamont Young, who uh, actually one of his patrons in the uh, early 60s was one regulation Yoko Ono. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) You know, a lot of people don't understand Yoko Ono, but she's got a hardcore background in the New York uh, avant-garde composer scene, hanging out with Lamont Young, Terry Riley, and uh, people like that. You know, so that's why she was kind of a whack job with all of her screeching business. Ah, uh, okay. You know, that was a thing, man. That's <laughs> that was the thing, man. It still is in some circles. You know, uh, if you listen to Meredith Monk's music, you know where she does, like, you know, all that uh-huh. glossolalia stuff. That's pretty interesting. You know, uh, you know, there's a whole realm of music. You know, outside outside of my chosen instrument. You know, and when you get into all the music that you know Julia Wolf does and uh, Ben Johnston and uh, Dave Fusensky and people like that do all of a sudden you know you look at your own instrument and, and it becomes rather kind of small mm. it becomes small and you realize that you know you're you're function functioning within these kind of limitations that are a lot of fun but at the same time it's a limitation you know it's just like oh my god it's like uh, being at a party at a huge hotel you know but every floor has got some different vibe going on mm-hmm. it's like the it's like bars in asia if you go there there's going to be five stories of these bars and you know you have and they're almost designed like uh, you're in an M- M.C. Escher print because uh, you go in one door and then there's doors and doors within doors within stairwells within stairwells. You waddle into one place and it's a speakeasy. Every- everybody's all mellow. Then you go up another floor, go down the hall, and then you go down the hall further. There's a blues band playing. Ah. 
and it's all in the same building. Yeah. And I was like, you know, when I went to Asia, then I said, that's that that's what music needs to be like. You know, it's like this big, huge, huge club. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. All the humanity is in this building or on this big blue marble going through space. And I'm sitting there going... Oh my God! Well, I well I heard this great blues band. Uh, I'm gonna go down the hall. You know, I'm gonna go down here. Everything's all mellow. You know, music's the same way. Man, you got the uh, atonal fruitcakes over here. You got the modular synth people. Uh, you have people that are just doing, you know, uh, bizarre vocal music. You know. You got throat singing over here. You got finished uh, joik music. You have, uh, you know, you have people playing zook, you know, and, and man, everything is just happening, man. You just, wa wa you know, it's just like the second you had enough, enough of one room, go to another room, man, you know? Yeah, I like that, man. That's a good, uh, that's know? a good analog for the way we ought to just yeah. experience the world in general, man. I'm happy. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. Hey, look, you said you didn't listen to this show. So, you see that fishbowl right there? The fishbowl. Every guest draws three questions out of there. Uh-oh. And answers them. Okay, right. Good, because I got to pee. <laughs> All right, so I got three. Three. One, two, three. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. First one is, who's the worst boss you've ever had and why? Hmm. I don't want to 
talk bad about any boss I ever had. Who's the best boss you ever had? Uh, I haven't had it yet. Oh. I haven't had the best boss had the I've best ever had. Boss yet. I like that. Who's the worst boss? Well, uh, if I view them as worse, I tend to not view them as uh, being the worst. I actually look at what did I learn. Ah, nice. Perfect. And, and if I found the good that I learned far outweighed the negative. You know, so I'm lucky in that regard. I had some bosses I did not get along with, but I learned something from. Yeah. It that I take with me to this day, and that's okay. It, shouldn't know? we all try to do that? What a great perspective to have. Right? Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, and I look at it this way: Was anything negative from a human experience? Did I not have a life? Had I sold my soul to something? And, that, and the answer is no. You know? Yeah. So I can't, I can't bad rap anybody for that. You know. We had disagreements, but that's what you call normal, yeah. I guess. I right guess, on. you know, just because I have a disagreement or two or three or six does not necessarily make them a bad person. Right. You know, let's see, what was this? Would you rather be rich with no friends or be poor with lots of friends? If I'm having a bad day, I'd rather be rich with no friends. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'd rather have lots of friends. Yeah. I'd rather have lots of friends. Do you have lots of friends? Uh, I have, I have, uh, I have a, I have a close circle of really close friends. Yeah, and then I have a lot of, I, I got a lot of bros and pals. Sure, you know. So yeah, I've got a lot of friends. That's good, man. That's but a they're blessing. all, but they're all different people. They're all different, different kinds of people because, uh, you know, they uh, they range from really cerebral, you know, kind of earth muffin people to uh, to some some of my best friends are good old boys. You yeah. Know? And I, I ain't got a problem with any of that. Let's see. Would you rather breathe underwater or walk through walls? <laughs> I like when it's something like that. Would I rather breathe underwater or walk through walls? <laughs> That's tough. Walk through walls. Uh, I would like to... Breathe underwater. Me too. <laughs> you know why? Mm. Because I could I could use that and help clean up our oceans and waterways. Yes. There's a, there's a subreddit that I go to called Urban Hell because uh, you know one of the left-handed compliments I get from people is like, uh, "Wow, you should, man, you don't seem like you're from here. You do, you know, you seem like you belong in New York City." And New York City was always my great fantasy ever since I was a kid, you know. And uh, you know, and I've been there a couple of times, and I fit right in. I loved it. I loved it, you know. And a lot of people think they're rude. They're not. They're just matter of fact. Hello means hello. Goodbye means goodbye. Fickin piss off means piss off. You know, there are no bones about it. You know, everything here is a little bit more subversive and passive mm. aggressive until okay. uh, until it's not. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huh. So this is fun. I can do this. Man, all day. you can go for it, man. Let's First see. person to do this, go for it, man. Th things you've achieved that surprised you. Going to the gym and actually getting in shape. Ah. Actually getting in shape. So you were like apprehensive of it, did it, and went, oh, this yeah. actually worked like I thought it was It's a work. habit, yeah. Let's see. I've already answered those cards. Let's see. I want to dig something weird. 
Describe what life will be like in three years if you don't allow your bad habits to stop you. Ooh, uh, that's a good question. Same as it is now. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> one more, one more, one more. Then I really got to pee. Let's see. Would you rather always have gas or have bad breath? Oh, man, I love farting. <laughs> I love to fart. If you do a really long fart while you walk, it actually propels you a little bit faster. Gives you a little boost. Yeah. A scientific fact, if you farted your way through space, it'll take you, but it'll still take you about 10 years to hit highway speed. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, that is an interesting yeah. fact. Yeah. yeah. I'm going so, to have to share with my youngest son. <laughs> yeah. So if, you, uh, so if you try to fart your way to Saturn, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make Slow it. Slow trip. Yeah. You're not going to even uh, make it to the moon within probably your lifetime. I got one more question for you. Okay. You see that yellow coffee mug right there behind the fishbowl? Yeah. That now belongs to you, sir. It does? Yeah. And well, the last question's on the back of that mug. On the back of it, did anything good happen today? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of good things happened today. I, uh, I, uh, I made some good sales at my job. Nice. I got up in the morning and, uh, Everything ran on time today. My coffee was absolutely delicious. I haven't slummed it all day long, coffee-wise. Uh, I got to meet you. I got to play play a little bit of bass and talk about some uh, interesting things. And uh, so, yeah, man, it's been it's been awesome to be here. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you took the time to come, man. This has been a treat for me. And yeah. I got and I got stickers. You got stickers, man. You can't leave stickers. the good news without stickers, man. Well, you know that's. What we need is more, uh, it's like Oddball said in Kelly's Heroes, more positive waves, baby. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, thanks for being a part of that. Man, man. thank you for having me today. This is great. All right. I love you just as well. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Trip Wamsley. If you'd like to hear more conversations like this one, consider becoming an early riser patron at patreon.com slash find the good news if you have time to share or review that's a big help as well thank you for choosing good news and for pressing play